there to self-care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. What a week. What a weekend. I feel like I've just been in a whirlwind lately. (laughs) And I'm just, I don't know. I mean, this is a weird place where I'm trying to like make sure I'm taking everything in because I feel like life is flying by. I don't know. Just getting deeply philosophical in the first 30 seconds of this podcast episode. I don't know if you can hear, but my voice is very raspy because I went out this weekend and It doesn't even mean that I went that hard. I just lose my voice from like talking over the loud music when I go out every time. So that's a little annoying, but let's get into what was in alignment for me this week and out of alignment. And you guys write in the Geneva chat, what was in and out of alignment for you guys? So this weekend, I honestly didn't post on social media at all. I had a really nice balance of unplugging Honestly, unintentionally, I I noticed like halfway through that I was doing it, but, and I was like, oh, let's roll with this. But I was unplugging, I was resting and also working out and also partying and being social. So it was like a really nice balance. I didn't go too hard any night. And even if I, you know, I went to bed at 2 a.m., let's say from hanging out all night, I woke up at 1030 and had my eight hours of sleep. So like I had a really nice balance. And then I would still work out or I, you know, would have some time along the water to just rest. And I vlogged the whole thing. It's on YouTube or it will be in the next few days. But I really had a nice balance. And something that I noticed, which is really interesting to me, is that there was one night. So basically it was one of those weekends where like everything falls in the same weekend, right? Like two birthdays, an engagement party, whatever. And the middle night, so Friday night, I decided tonight, you know, I won't go as hard. I drank a lot on Thursday. I want to be good to drink on Saturday night. Like maybe we'll just be low key tonight. But usually when I say that I go out and then like I get in the mood and I want to drink with my friends and it's kind of hard for me to be completely honest and vulnerable. It's like hard for me to just say no. Like I just, I don't know because my body is able to bounce back and like rally for lack of a better term. I just say fuck it and drink. So weirdly, I mean, I still had like a beer, but I went out until 2 a.m. Friday night. And on a night like that, I usually end up obviously like drinking and, you know, drinking all night. And if we're all getting cocktails at the second bar, like I'm getting cocktails at the second bar. I'm not the person who's like not, if that makes sense. And I was that person. I had a beer, had a few sips here and there, but like really I was fully sober the whole night. And I got home at two, but like I felt great because I was sober and I got my eight hours of sleep in and I worked out at Rumble Training the next day after sleeping in. And it was just like a really nice balance of it all. And I was proud of myself for just I know what was going to make me feel good and I knew how to have a nice balance over the weekend and I just confidently was like, no, I'm not going to have another drink and I just, I don't know, I felt good about it and I think it's something to look at if you're around people who would shame you for that. I was not, but you know when like if you pass, you know when someone like passes on a drink and you witness like other girls being like, what, why? It's like, fuck you. (laughs) Everyone could do what they want. So anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent, but Another thing from last week was, I know I keep bringing up these consultations, but 
I'm really loving just helping people and brands get started on social media. Like that's what I'm loving is like the beginning phases. You know, if you want to learn YouTube SEO or how to start on TikTok or a podcast and find your own strategy. It's been so fun helping others and realizing just how much I've learned and have to offer from the past bunch of years working in PR at an agency for wellness brands and developing my own social media platforms. And it's just been fun to see that I'm offering so much. Anyway, that these are just like the three bullet points that I, I think of that were in alignment over the past week. The third bullet point is I started my stomach supplement protocol. So last week at Parsley Health, we took a deep dive into my stool test and they finally found like the nitty gritty of what's wrong in my microbiome. And it's all of these specific bacteria that are being overgrown and like just yeast and like all these random little nitty gritty things that I can't even articulate or begin to truly understand, even though it made sense as she was walking me through it. But I'm starting like seven supplements at once that I have to take every single day. And how she explained it just made so much sense to me. And I was like, finally, like, I feel like I'm taking supplements with purpose instead of just like manically trying to take supplements like that people say are good for you that aren't necessarily working together for my specific, you know, healing journey. So I'm excited for this. I'm on day five. I I believe in like set it. You got to set yourself up for it for success. So I like have a magnet on my fridge of all the supplements I have to take, how many, what time. And I like mark, check, mark it off after I do it every day so I can keep track. And when I take certain supplements, there's like I have to take L-glutamine powder and water. So it's called habit stacking. I do that when I take my two pills. So when I take the two pills, I chug them down with the L-glutamine water. So it's like all in one sitting. Anyway, this is all in alignment for me. Let's move on to what was out of alignment. And it's just a general like looming anxiety. I'm really okay, but I definitely have like this underlying anxiety with me lately where when I sit back, and tune in for a second. I feel it. And I don't know why exactly. I think it's a bunch of things combined, but I've just been feeling a little more anxious. And I'm good about, you know, sitting with it and and having my tools to really just sit with it and, you know, rather than letting it take over. But I definitely think between my family stuff going on and my own stuff, navigating my new schedule and career stuff and it finances and all of the things, it's just kind of an anxious time and that's okay. And sometimes naturally when summertime comes around and there's lots of plans and like a more relaxed approach, but I'm still so driven with career. It's like, I don't know, makes me a bit anxious, but I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. It might be getting off birth control. It's probably the family stuff. It's just a little bit of uneasiness underlying, but the Kundalini helps and therapy helps and just trying to sit with it and not freak myself out over it really helps as well. So let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) Okay. We have Sloane Elizabeth on the podcast this week. She is a holistic wellness coach and food freedom expert specializing in helping women release rules, restrictions, and diets so that they can find lasting food freedom. She uses a powerful combination of nutritional science and spiritual healing to help her clients and audience eat with love and intuition, which we'll get into in this episode. I do want to give a trigger warning. If you do struggle with an eating disorder or have any 
you know, relationship with food that might make you feel triggered from this conversation. Just wanted to warn you, but I do hope that it serves as a valuable resource for anyone who wants to or needs to hear it. And we will dive into so much between manifestation and, you know, going from a lack mindset to abundance to how to manifest your dream apartment. And then we really dive into what is food freedom? What is intuitive eating? Eating with love and intuition to build true confidence in yourself and busting myths when it comes to intuitive eating, how to navigate being a loved one to someone who might be struggling with their relationship with food and how you can be supportive or how you can, you know, handle the pressure that it puts on you as well. Her own journey to food freedom and intuitive eating and everything in between. And before we get into this episode, if you're listening on Spotify, hi, that means you're watching this on video. Please rate five stars on Spotify. It means so much and takes two seconds. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. We need some new ones. We need some ones for 2022. So leave a review if you haven't. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Sloan. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. Just learned that you're also in New York City, which is, I mean, I could have a whole nother conversation about that, like how to avoid hustle culture and balance. And there's so much I could get into you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. It's so interesting being here. I'm not from New York and I've only been here for like seven months? No, probably oh, wow. a little bit longer. Um, but I'm from LA. So yeah, there's a lot of like duality with LA vibe versus New York. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a different flavor of magic here. Yeah. So since you're from LA, then is this feeling like a culture shock in a negative way? Or is it like so inspiring and refreshing to mm. just be whoever the hell you want to be? And like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's yeah. a difference in that sense with New York and LA. Totally. So I'm from LA and then I went to school in Nashville and then I lived in Miami for a year and now oh, I'm cool. here. So Miami is actually like where my soul definitely feels the most at home. And I feel like I'm pretty adaptable, but I'm also a Taurus son. It's almost my birthday. And so like mm -hmm. environment really matters to me. So there's pros and cons. I think that the energy is really inspiring, but I also really miss the beach and nature, which is super important to me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm making the most out of what New York is for now. Yeah, you're not getting that here. <laughs> I feel you. It's it's like in my bones because I grew up right outside of the city. So New York is all I know. And I feel like yeah. if I moved anywhere else, I would just be like, this is too slow. Like at least at first I'd be like, this is too slow or like mm -hmm. whatever. Or like I feel like I have to fit in where in New York you could just be exactly who you are. But mm -hmm. I have been finding the hustle of it all to be taking a huge toll on me. And I'm like, yeah. I can see myself one day just being like, we're going to Nashville, we're going to Miami, we're going somewhere and like calming the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's actually, it's interesting about like being like who you are and being your own self. I find that in New York, 
I see that and I feel that a little bit, but I also feel like there is a layer of fakeness and like Interesting. materialism. I don't know. Maybe it's just the people that like I'm around. <laughs> um, yeah, you're also but- in Tribeca, which is like I feel like maybe a wealthier area where you might be feeling more of that like materialism over there. Yeah. I don't know. But I think that anywhere that you go, you can find different flavors and different types of people. And so as you said, like what's most important is being yourself and being in an environment that facilitates that, whatever that means. And for me, like being by the beach and being able to wear like shorts and a tank top every day is what truly empowers me to be um, myself. So Okay. It's good to know. Like I yeah. feel like when you have new experiences, you learn what you do and don't like and what Absolutely. feels aligned and what doesn't. So on that note, we can't forget, I have to ask you your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success. So what is like your go-to thing right now living in New York? Yeah. How do you do self-care? That's a good question. So my top self-care, you know, I've been an entrepreneur like forever. I've never worked for anyone else besides no myself. Way. Yeah. So I feel like my self-care is so, so important to my success in terms of my business, in terms of my success with my relationships, just like life. Um, if I had to pick one, it would definitely be my morning routine. I don't do the same thing every single day, but especially actually in the past month, I've really recommitted to my morning routine and it has totally helped me shift in really important ways. So because I'm flexible with my schedule, I I'm able to kind of start work when I want to, um, but it's typically like 30 minutes of a combination of meditating, journaling, visualizing, either like with my eyes closed or I have vision boards everywhere. Um, This morning, I decided to like pull a card from my tarot deck. So there's some stretching, some movement, really whatever I want. And I've also really been loving playing like high vibrational music from Spotify. I'll just type like 444 hertz music or like different things will come up and it's just like the most gorgeous, inspiring sound. And I just like let that guide me and it feels really good. And it's such a beautiful way to start the day. So I would say my morning routine is the most potent tool right now. I love that. I'm the same way. It's like I need no matter what time I'm waking up, no matter what the schedule is of the day, no matter if it's the same thing every morning, I just, I need that me time in the morning. It's so crucial. And I wasn't even planning on talking to you about this, but I'm curious because you mentioned so many manifestation tools. Like what have you manifested and what do you attribute that to? Like which of the tools? Like I'm just, I'm having my own journey with manifestation and like figuring out, because I was always into like the visualization, but now I'm doing, I don't know if you've heard of Lacey Phillips. Mm -hmm. So now I'm trying out like her neural manifestation and learning more about like spiritual bypass and all of the things. So I'm like, curious what works for other people and just success stories I think are really inspiring. Totally. So manifestation is definitely a very important part of my life and my business. I, you know, I'm a food freedom coach. And so I help women eat with love and intuition and release like dieting, binge eating, obsessing. And I use science from like nutrition and psychology and neuroscience with spirituality. And part of that is teaching my clients how to manifest food freedom, but more so it's taking principles from manifestation and applying that to 
food and body and self-love. And so one of the very just like foundational beliefs that I take from like the law of attraction kind of world and apply that everywhere in my life is trying to shift lack and scarcity into abundance like whenever possible. So what that means for me is like if I'm trying to manifest something and I'm focusing on the fact that it's not here yet, that is focusing on the lack and the scarcity of it. And we see this with food. If you're restricting and binging, the restriction is the scarcity, the lack, right? You can't have this. It's being taken away. And the abundance is believing that like you have enough, you are enough, everything is working out exactly as it's meant to. So applying that to more like quote classical manifestation, like calling things into the 3D, being grateful and excited for the fact that it's coming is huge, especially since I am very ambitious. I'm a business owner. There's always kind of a next level vision. And if I focus on the fact that I'm not there yet, Mm -hmm. it takes me totally out of my integrity and it takes me out of like gratitude for what I already have. So when I can be grateful for the abundance I have now and get so fucking excited for the fact that, duh, that next level vision is obviously coming to me, Mm -hmm. it's just like an excitement like ball of energy. Um, So I would say that's like a very core principle that I love using, but I feel like I've manifested so many things like apartments. I'm really good at manifesting apartments actually. Oh my God, help, help. Because that is like what I'm trying to manifest right now. No joke. I'm not surprised that that's the first thing that came out of my mouth. Like universe is channeling this for you. So with apartments, like you know, when we talk about manifesting, it's important to release the how and release all the specific details while still being non-apologetic about the energy and the feelings that you want. So for me, you know, like Jen, you can see where I am. Like it's very white. It's very bright. There's like big windows. And I had no idea which area of the city we were going to live in, but I knew the feeling I would feel when I was in the space. And so when I've manifested, I've manifested two like dream apartments and in my visualization, because that's definitely one of my favorite tools, instead of thinking about like what the rooms are specifically going to look like or what the building's going to look like, I almost put myself in the apartment as if I'm meditating in the apartment and it's like, okay, when you're meditating, your eyes are closed, but it's like you're in a white, bright room, which is important to me. You can see that brightness behind your eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Even if your eyes are closed. So that's kind of the vibe that I would focus on. Like, what will it feel like to have big windows? Okay. Lots of bright light, lots of like air, lots of space around me. And like, that's the energy I focus on Mm -hmm. because that's a very specific feeling, not necessarily specifics about the address or the street or anything like that, that I believe we should kind of let go of a little bit and let the universe take over that Mm -hmm. specific um, item. So yeah, that's how that's how I've manifested two apartments. Okay. I'm doing that literally every day until I find my apartment. <laughs> and you have to believe that it's coming. Like, right. duh, obviously, you're going to find your dream apartment. Like, obviously. I know. It's hard because, like, my boyfriend's such a realist, and so am mm. I. Like, I'm not – I'm not like toxically positive or overly optimistic, yeah. but I'm like, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm going to keep trying until I get what I want kind of thing. And he's like, mm. 
that's not realistic or like it's just not affordable it's not attainable blah 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 and I'm like just block it out I'm manifesting this for us and you'll thank me later Exactly. Honestly, like my boyfriend is the same way. He's grown a lot in his trust and belief just by being with me. Right. But I find that it's important to have both dynamics there. Like if my boyfriend was as like <laughs> woo woo or spiritual yeah. or whatever as I am, like we would just be floating up here all the time. So true. So true. So that, yeah, the feminine, the masculine, yin and yang, the grounding and the lifting, you need both. I love it. I love it so much. I I feel like I could talk to you about this kind of stuff forever, but we got to get into like the meat of it all, which is freedom and intuitive eating. And I want you to just start by defining it. Totally. Yeah. No, I know. We could talk about so many things for hours. I I knew that coming in. We would feel that way. So (laughs) food freedom to me means really lack of – I like to describe it in lack first – lack of rules, lack of restrictions, lack of regulations. um, And what that ends up giving you is an abundance of liberation, confidence, flow, and flexibility. So that's what food freedom means to me. And you can have food freedom but not be eating intuitively. If you're eating intuitively, you have food freedom. So that's kind of how they like nest together. Mm -hmm. I have created my own method of eating intuitively called eating with love and intuition because I find some flaws in the traditional intuitive eating 10 principles model. So I'll be talking about eating with love and intuition. And to me, that means eating out of love and respect for our physical bodies, our mental bodies, as well as our soul and emotional bodies and using our intuition, which comes from our soul, comes from the divine, it comes from our body also to make decisions, to choose what to eat, how much, when, et cetera, in order to like love and honor your holistic body. So that's how it comes together in terms of the science. Like, yeah, it's important to eat fruits and vegetables. It's important to know how to balance your blood sugar and like move your body, right, to exercise. But there's also your own internal soul wisdom that's going to help you make those decisions instead of looking at the diet plans or my fitness pal or what I eat in a day videos so that you're building true trust and confidence in your own body. Figuring out what makes you feel good from Mm -hmm. within and listening to your gut. I really love that. I haven't heard it described in that way before. I think a huge critique, I would say that people who don't truly understand what intuitive eating is or what food freedom is, is exactly what you were just saying. You were like, it is important to balance your blood sugar and all these things. And people will be like, well, if I just ate intuitively, you know, I would want cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And and that's not the case, but I'm curious like what your response is because I'm sure you hear that all the time. All the time, all the time. And so I'm so glad that you brought that up because we need to bust all the myths. Like, yeah. There might be a part of you that wants cake for breakfast every day, but does your body want cake for breakfast every day? No, right? If you're listening to your body, your body's going to tell you, yo, like this is fucked up. Let's not do this, right? And if you're not listening to your body, then it can get confusing. But as I said, like there's three parts. There's the physical, the mental, and the spiritual and emotional. And so like that cake craving is probably more emotional. but 
I never really want my clients to be eating for the soul if it's going to truly like jeopardize or compromise the physical and the mental. Like it is possible to honor all three at the same time. So for example, is eating ice cream nourishing for the physical body? Probably not. And that's okay. But if I eat an amount that feels good, it's like satisfying that soul craving mentally, no guilt, no anxiety, and physically, there's no detriment, right? Like there's no pain, there's no feeling nauseous, then like we're good. But if I'm eating an entire pint of ice cream to fulfill this like deep gap in my soul, which is not about food, and that's also a main part of my teachings. And then I'm doing that and like jeopardizing my physical well-being. And then mentally, I'm like upset I feel sick and gross. No longer is that eating with love and intuition. So it's really not just about the food or what you're eating. It's about how you're eating, how much. It's all holistic. Yes. And something I'm noticing, which I have to imagine is intentional, you're using terms like nourishing the physical body instead of healthy, for example. Because I think the word healthy, for whatever reason, has become a trigger word where people think it means like low calorie or weight loss. Really what it means is exactly what you said, nourishing your physical body, balancing your blood sugar, things that are going to nourish and fuel you. But when you say like, oh, I'm trying to eat healthy, people think you're saying, oh, it's like a diet culture term. Which is crazy because it's such a it's a term health like it's it's a very basic term it's not yeah. slang by any means so I'm curious your thoughts on that yeah it is kind of unfortunate because you're right like it's a simple word it makes sense like why Science. can't we use it yeah exactly <laughs> I do though recommend trying not to use it just because we carry so much assumption with these terms, right? As you said, you say healthy, everybody automatically has their own assumption of what that means. Right. So for me, if I hear healthy, I'm probably thinking like, yeah, you're you're taking care of your body and like you're eating what feels good. Someone else might think healthy equals like just salads or someone else is like healthy equals zero sugar. So instead – what I try to do with language, because language is so important to me. This is also kind of taken from tell. like law of attraction. Yeah. And manifestation, like subconscious mind picks up on language, language words carry vibrations. Like say what you mean. So instead of clean, like a clean food, like, oh, I'm trying to eat clean or like what's the cleanest granola I can buy? Like what do you actually mean in a more neutral way? Because clean, like we've associated that with like good, but what you really mean is perhaps there are simple ingredients or it's like a simple ingredient list or it's made with – Exactly. It's made with whole foods. Completely. So I would rather my clients use those words to say what they actually fucking mean, right? Or like, oh, I'm eating something healthy. Well, salad, when you're sick and all you want is like a warm bowl of soup, Mm -hmm. I don't care how many nutrients are in that salad. Probably not the healthiest for you to be eating that in that moment because, again, it's not just about the food. It's about how, when, how much, et cetera. So I try to use words that mean 
what I mean in a little bit of a more neutral way. So I'm nourishing my body. I'm nourishing my soul. Those are still pretty positive. Or yeah, I'm going to have like a packaged snack, right? Like how about canned vegetables or like a can of beans? Technically it's processed. We've like demonized a lot of foods. And while I would prefer for my clients to be eating fresh whole foods, like that's not always available and that's okay too. So not all processed foods are bad. Not all whole foods are good for every single moment. That's why words and language are important so that we're not assuming. We're not just going on autopilot. We're using intention with our words and intention with our food choices too. Yeah. This makes me think of two questions and I don't want to forget. So first, this makes me think, okay, language is important, but also when we have people or and also when we have people in our lives that are struggling with either binging or whatever their food journey might be, and they're trying to find their way to food freedom and intuitive eating, it's you because I've had this experience where I'm like, I'm trying to tread lightly where I don't say any words or anything that triggers them. And I'm like anxious about it. How do you suggest navigating being supportive to people like your clients that are on this journey? Yeah, it's a tricky one because I really believe that like we cannot force anyone to get help if they don't want it. Obviously, if there's like life-threatening situations, kind of a different story, might need an intervention for sure. But it can be totally challenging because, yeah, you don't want to trigger them Um, from like as a coach. Like when people come to my page, they know that they might be triggered. And I do it intentionally to get people out of their own way and to be like, like, hey, like this isn't actually okay. Like you need to get your life together with so much love. But like you need to do something about this because you deserve so much better. Now, as someone like you're not a food freedom coach, right? You're just like have a friend that's struggling. Um, I would kind of like lay some breadcrumbs to just open up the conversation and say like, hey, you know, just know like I'm here for you. You know, you have to kind of suss it out and see how your friend is doing. If you want to say like, I've noticed, you know, this, this and that without making any assumptions, just say like, I've noticed this and, you know, how are you doing? Try to open up the floor because something that I hear from so many women who come to me and like they've never talked to anybody about their food struggles, they're like, I I know that I'm not alone. Like obviously, you know, you have thousands of followers, many people struggle with this, but it still feels like maybe this is like a crazy thing or maybe this is really weird that I'm doing this. Maybe I'm the only one. And like, unfortunately, that's not the case, right? I wish that there was only one person in the world struggling with this, but it's not the case. So if you can open up the conversation, just let them know that you are there for them. That's kind of all that you can do. And trust that by you shining your light, by you having your food freedom, by you, you know, eating intuitively, if that's where you're at, you are going to inspire them or at least show them that there is another way. And that's really a beautiful way to support your friend. Also, if you like you're not ready to talk about it, just know that by you leading by example, sometimes that's the best and even better than like telling someone what to do. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. And I think sometimes where it gets problematic in my experience or just hard on the person who's trying to be supportive is like, for example, you're going to lunch and I'm craving, I don't know, a salad with grilled chicken and rice and whatever it is. Like this is what I'm craving right now. And they want 
also for you to share with them the pizza and the this and the that that doesn't necessarily like you're like I'm I have IBS I'm gonna feel like crap for the rest of the day I'm gonna be bloated like I know that about myself so for me that's intuitively eating knowing like oh that's gonna make me feel like shit but for them if I say no it again might trigger so it gets hard and I'm not even asking you for like what do I say what do I do it's just to call attention to it's it can be hard to be supportive on this journey and I think exactly what you said leading by example and also opening the floor and showing support is a really great advice Totally. And if you like, let's say that that situation happens with your friend and you're pretty sure that like they're cool with their, with their food journey, like they don't care, they're not going to be triggered. And you just say, no, like, no, I'm not really in the mood. That should be enough. Like you don't ever have to justify your personal choices to anyone. If you know that that person is struggling and you're kind of proud of them for choosing the pizza, um, but like you don't want it, then you can still, you know, knowing that like intuitively in your heart and your soul and your brain, you know what they're going through. You can say like, I'm not really in the mood. Personally, I know that that choice would make my stomach hurt. And so it feels more aligned for me not to have it right now. But since it feels aligned for you, you should totally get it. Yeah. And you can explain it a little bit. Again, like if that feels aligned for you and you're really worried about triggering someone. I also think that goes exactly to what you were saying earlier, which is like getting a little more specific to what you actually mean. Yeah. Like it's my stomach. It's yeah. not, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think I think that's like my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is like let's just say what we're actually meaning to avoid any of the nuances or the triggers or like the murky waters of this journey. So I think that's really great advice. And my second question that I didn't want to forget was you were mentioning just like the trying to find your way back to like what your body's actually craving and Mm -hmm. feeling good mentally, physically, and also for your soul. It must be hard when you have a client who's also either lactose intolerant or gluten-free and it adds such an extra layer of having to overanalyze what you're eating. Mm. What would you say to someone listening who's maybe going through that same thing? They're like, I'm trying to have food freedom, but like I feel restricted through what my dietary needs. Totally. And I get people asking me that all the time or rather telling me, well, I have an allergy or I have an intolerance, so I cannot have food freedom. Not true. Um, Because you are still free to make choices. And food freedom, it's really a mindset and not a meal plan. It's not a menu. I think I put that quote on my Instagram like years ago. It's not a menu. It's a mindset. And so if you are having, you know, a legitimate restriction because of medical reasons or an intolerance, then we want to find a way to turn that lack and scarcity into abundance. I am lactose intolerant. I'm pretty sensitive to gluten, but I'm able to eat a few bites here and there without it really affecting me. That's something that I learned through my intuition with experimenting. Huh. If I have a whole bagel, how do I feel? If I have half a bagel, how do I feel? If I have a quarter, how do I feel? And experimenting. Um, That's not really your question, but when we think about like restrictions because of many or like medical reasons, how can you see the abundance of other options that you have and the fact that you have the flexibility and the freedom to choose gluten-free options? Instead of focusing on the no, focus on the yes. So instead of being like, oh, I can't have this bread, it's like, 
ooh, I can go and find a really yummy gluten-free bread. I can have the rice. I can have the quinoa. And I can make a decision that is going to be a total yes to my stomach and like my body to make sure that my physical body feels good. So it's not that you're saying no to the bread. It's that you're saying yes to feeling amazing in your body and to respecting your stomach. So if you can find a way to shift the no into a yes, that's really helpful. I love that advice. I mean, it all comes back to mindset, no matter what topic or mental health situation we are talking about. It's always about how can we find a way to change our perspective and our mindset. And that takes work, which is where I'm sure you come into play. What what makes what this makes me think of is I feel like I know so many people in my personal life on social media. Like I feel like everyone struggles with in some degree their relationship with food. And Yet, as opposed to, let's say, for example, like alcoholism, where there's AA and a whole community built around it, it feels like a more lonely process. And it doesn't need to be. Nothing needs to be because there's so many people, which is why I think like even the TikTok accounts and people like you who are on social media are so helpful because it allows people to see that they're not alone. But what do you, are there any recommendations off the fly for just like how to find a community or just even a few people who can relate and like help each other out? Totally. I mean, that's why actually like one of my main coaching programs is a group because it's so absolutely magical to be surrounded by people that actually like really, really get it. But as you said, like we probably know people in our personal lives who struggle to a degree or who have had experiences of doubting their bodies or questioning if they should diet, whether it was in middle school or high school or college or after. And so I think that's where you can start, like with the people that you're closest with, if you feel comfortable. I know sometimes it feels more comfortable to like go to strangers first. So I think there's an option there as well. But, you know, opening up the conversation, like so many of my clients have done that once they're kind of removing the shame, they're in a group coaching program and then they kind of bring it up to their friends that they're like doing this program. And then their friends are like, oh my God, that's so cool. And like, I've struggled with this too. So the community starts there. Um, But yeah, I mean, as you said, like finding social accounts that you really vibe with that are not showing what I eat in a day videos and (laughs) actually like unfollowing or just muting any account online that does make you doubt yourself or question yourself or compare yourself. Like it's just not worth it. Um, Facebook groups, like I have a Facebook group, you know, even like just search it and it's there. So if someone is listening to this and they're like, I actually think I need either a program or a coach or something like this, I think I'm ready. What can they expect? Let's say they're going to sign up for your group program or a one-on-one coaching. What can they expect? What's the first step? Like what, what's the method? Yeah. So I'll talk to my method because it's pretty different from other intuitive eating practitioners. Um, The first step with all of my clients in any of my programs, whether it's food or body image, is looking at the subconscious mind first. So most people want to start and most other coaches start with action, which is like, what are you eating? What are you doing? How are you exercising? And while taking action is important, our subconscious beliefs 
lead to our thoughts and those thoughts are what drive us to take action. So if you are deleting my fitness pal but you're still counting calories in your head, this is why. Cuz just doing the action doesn't change the right. deeper reason like why you took that action in the first place. Similarly to why if you're binging on chips and you think, "Oh, like if I just don't buy the chips, I won't binge." Doesn't work. You're going to binge on something else or like when you go out to your friends or you're drinking, you're going to end up with those chips. Also, Postmates, um, I mean, you can get them very easily. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we start with the subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is what dictates like 90% of your reality. It is the part of your brain that's constructed from the time that you're born, maybe even before. That's kind of what I believe up until you're about seven years old. You're basically just a sponge. Like You take everything as the truth, right? From people of authority, from parents, guardians. And this is when your subconscious mind is created and it's like just kind of like your truths, your beliefs. And this is what then kind of filters out all the information that we get for the rest of our our lives. And our subconscious mind is really, really helpful in that it helps us make assumptions, which helps conserve brain energy. Have you ever seen those like viral posts on Facebook or Instagram where it's a paragraph and like the first letter and the last letter of the word are correct. And then the rest of the letters in the word are like jumbled up, Yeah, but you can still perfectly read the paragraph. Subconscious mind. Okay. Yeah. So – This is where we start because your food issues have almost nothing to do with food. Let's say that you're binge eating on the chips. You might think, I just need to not buy the chips or I just need to like have more willpower or have self-discipline. Willpower and self-discipline will run out. So then we think, okay, well, what are you thinking? Like where are you consciously thinking? Where's your brain at when you're going for the chips? And it's like maybe I'm not thinking at all or maybe I feel like, oh, I've already messed up today, right? I already went over my 1200 calories. So like, what's even the point? Fuck it. I'm just going to start over again tomorrow. So tonight I'm going to like eat the entire bag of chips. Okay. Well, that's still not the subconscious route because why do you feel like you've messed up? What does a mess up mean? What is failure to you? And why do you feel the need to like be perfect? Where did the 1200 calories come from? Okay, this isn't even about food. It's about control at this point. And maybe it's about beauty standards. And then it's not even about beauty standards. It's about being lovable. So like, that's how deep we go to start because then it's like, okay, maybe what really resonated is the control. It's like, yeah, everything feels out of control in my life. So I try to control my food. When my food gets out of control, I'm like, all right, now everything's fucked. Like it's, we're just in this tornado. I'm just going to let this lack of control take over and we'll start again tomorrow. So again, it's not about the food. It's about the control. We start there in the subconscious mind, examining your relationship with control and rewiring the lack and scarcity there into abundance and trust and confidence and peace. So that's my long-winded answer of like what the first step is. That sounds liberating to me because it's not about the food and to be able to do the deep inner work to find out what it really is it sounds freeing to me. There's still so much work that goes into it. But to start there sounds a lot better than the intimidation of starting by like changing your entire diet and self-discipline and schedule and eating routine and whatnot. So 
I think that's beautiful. I'm so happy that it's it's so much easier these days to find the person that does and their message that does resonate with you, mm. which I kind of want to get into before we get into the end. I want to talk about your business of this all. So like, what's your story? What led you to becoming this coach? Let's yeah. start there, I guess. Totally. Um, before I do, I just want to, we can chat about this offline, but with the overwhelm of like the hustle culture. Mm-hmm same thing, like subconscious mind, like why is there a need to like always be on? Yep. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> oh so, okay. I have always been entrepreneurial. Like, as I mentioned, never had a boss, which I'm really grateful for, but it's also just kind of like a unique path. Um, I, you know, like tried to start a million businesses in middle school. I had a baking business in high school, actually. I would sell these really like decadent gourmet cookies and brownies um, at my high school. And I grew up, as I said, in LA, you know, healthy, great relationship with food, great relationship with my body, super confident, always into performing arts, always in a costume or like in little sports bras and like booty shorts since I was literally 10. And I never ever thought that I would be someone that struggled with food or my body, like literally never. And while I was doing my baking business and I was in high school, I my body started changing. I gained a little bit of weight and I was so thrown off. I was like, why is this happening? Like, what am I doing wrong? In reality, it was my body like going through puberty just like really late. Um, Like previously to that point, my body could not have carried a baby. Like even though I'd already gotten my period, like, you know, it was not a woman's body. So I started freaking out and was like, this is wrong. Um, I need to like do something about it. And I've always been like a math and science kind of girl. So I tried to do it the scientific way, which led me to Google, which led me to diets. And, you know, those Pinterest graphics that are like 10 ways to lose weight. And it's like only eat berries and like no other fruit, like all the bullshit like that. And so where that led me being a Taurus who's very stubborn and a perfectionist um, was like I created all of these really arbitrary food rules. It was definitely a f- version of orthorexia where I just was obsessed with being as healthy as possible. Like I wanted it to be as, quote, clean as possible. But I also had my baking business. And so I was like, oh, my God, should I like not yeah. be eating all the cookies that I'm making, um, I started just like giving them away instead of eating them. Like I didn't want to have any extras in the house. And then when I went to college, I knew that this was like not good. I knew that I was not treating my body well. I I really hate running and unless I'm like really in the mood to go to berries, but otherwise hate running. I was forcing myself to like run two miles every day. It was ridiculous. And so I knew that something had to change. And again, like knew the math science part. I was pre-med in school. And so I was really just absorbing all of this information about biology and nutrition. And I took my first nutrition class and I was like, oh, like this is what I want to do. I didn't even realize that going into school. And then that was all helpful, like logically knowing more, Mm -hmm. busting those myths from the science perspective. But really it wasn't until I discovered manifestation and like understood what intuition is and your relationship with the universe and your higher self that it all really clicked because I realized again like never had anything to do with food for me it was about control 
and perfectionism. And so those were the roots. And through spirituality, I was able to really like dig and excavate there, release a lot of anxiety and stress and fully embrace like this abundant mindset everywhere. And so then when I graduated, told my parents going into senior year, like I will not be recruiting. I will not be looking for a job with the rest of my friends. Like I really, really know that this is going to be my business because um, I'd already started like just food blogging and stuff mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um, and so uh, really grateful my parents let me live at home for a little bit and figure it out. And I almost didn't figure it out. There was actually a night where – I felt like they ambushed me and basically said that I was going to have to get a job. And I thought my life was over. I flew to Miami. I had already planned on going, but I'm very close with my parents. I like didn't talk to them for like a week because I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? What's happening? And the universe came in, totally manifested that as well. Like, I started getting clients almost instantly when oh I God. was like, it's it's going to fucking happen. Like, there's no way this isn't going to happen. Um, and it just, like, built from there. And I knew that I wanted to do, you know, food coaching, but I didn't want it to just be recipes. I didn't want it just to help people to, like, drink more water and eat more vegetables. Um, I knew there had to be self-love mixed in there. And so then it just, like – kind of appeared in a really obvious way that I was meant to, you know, do the food and the self-love, which is like your relationship with food and your body. Um, so that's that's yeah. the evolution story. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing all of that. I really appreciate it. And what I love most, honestly, just as a fellow entrepreneur, like the fact that you include in your story the time where you thought, oh, this is not going to happen and like panicked because – I feel like we always hear the success story, but Mm. there is always that moment of frustration or self-doubt or multiple moments. Exactly. (laughs) It's going to happen constantly on the way to where you want to be. So I want to ask you, like someone has a message that they want to get out there on social media, but they don't know how everything's so saturated. They might not want to be as vulnerable as they feel they need to be. Like what's your advice for someone starting from zero right now? Like how, did you get to where you are on social media specifically and how, what do you attribute it to? Okay. I feel like there's multiple questions and I know, answers I here. I'm just going to say, I'm sorry, I just threw eight questions at you. Okay. So in terms of like sharing your message, if it's a message that you can't not talk about, like there's no way you cannot share this. Your soul will like hurt if you don't share this. Like that's how you know that it's Mm -hmm. super potent and like you're totally meant to. Also, as you said, like the moments of doubt happens all the time. There have been seasons where every day I have doubt, every week I have doubts. I've looked for jobs just like very, very casually, not not really applying, but I've been like, huh, like, is this all really going to fall apart right now? But the vision and like, I come back to my intuition, like there's no fucking way that I'm not meant to do this and that it's not going to get even bigger. And like, I have very big visions and there's really no way that it's not going to happen. And I believe that with like my entire heart and soul. I kind of always have. So in terms of saturation, BS, no, there's no such thing as saturation. That is a total lack and scarcity mindset that like there's not enough space for everyone. There is enough space for everyone because 
the reason why someone will work with me as a food freedom coach may have to do with my method. It probably does, but it's more so to do with like my vibe and my energy and my personality and everybody's vibe and energy is totally unique to them. So there's someone that needs your flavor of whatever it is that you want to speak about, even if there's a million people already doing it. It is never too saturated. Um, In terms of social media, like I will say that I grew a lot of my Instagram before Instagram made that first big algorithm change, like in 2019. So before it was impossible to grow on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I will say, you know, I'm still growing for sure. And I fucking love reels. I love making reels. Um, I think that my account definitely grows the most from creating reels that are just like triggering, but not in an intentional – it's not like I'm going to go on Instagram and be like, huh, how can I trigger people today? It's like, (laughs) what's my really powerful soul message that like it's probably polarizing because I believe it so strongly and it's kind of unique. Mm -hmm. And so I notice that when I I share those – it always does well because you're basically like, this is how, you know, I always have business coaches also. Like I invest heavily in my business and marketing and all that jazz, but you have to draw your line in the sand and be like, this is where I'm at. If you're over here also, like come and join me. If you're not, please unfollow me. Yeah. Like that's fine. Um, and you have to be okay with that. Like celebrate the unfollows, celebrate the unsubscribes on your email list because they're just clogging up your energy and your space and they're not interested. So that's cool. Go by find something else that really does resonate with you. You can't be like you're not gonna be everybody's person. So if you're scared of that, like you got to just change your expectation of what it's going to be like to be out there and to be seen. It's kind of another question, like a good journal prompt. What's scary about being fully seen online? Yeah. I like that. You did a great job of following every single question I asked in order, (laughs) just to say. (laughs) But that was all just such great advice. And I agree. I do It's like when you see I'm on YouTube and it's like you see someone unsubscribed as soon as you posted a video and it's like your initial reaction is like, ouch. And then you're like, wait, now there's room for now I know tomorrow when someone does follow, it's like that person is actually resonating with my content and my message. And the people who aren't, aren't here because I'm actually trying to build an actual community. Otherwise, I'd be paying for 100,000 subscribers if I just wanted like a number on the screen. So I think that's when you know that like, your why and your message is really fueling you when you can see that perspective and also be okay with the slow build because you genuinely want a community. And I think that's key for longevity. So totally agree. That this like was a jam packed episode. Thank you so, so much. Let's go into the ending segment. Yeah. Fun facts and favorites. You already gave us your morning routine. So we're going to skip that one and ask. So then what's your favorite book? So my favorite like self-development book is Gabby Bernstein's um, The Universe Has Your Back. That was like the first book that kind of triggered everything and sparked everything. I also read a novel like pretty much every night. Not a full novel, but like I read <laughs> like every night. Um, so I have like so many favorite fiction books um, and I, I prefer to read over TV. So I just read just read a really interesting book. Um, 
about Marjorie Merriweather Post, who her dad created Post Cereal Company, which is like mm-hmm. the biggest competitor to Kellogg's. And it's like the story of her life. Um, my mom and I read a lot of historical fiction. So that was a fabulous one. Okay. I love it. When do you feel your happiest? I feel my happiest when I'm walking on the beach in Miami Beach and it's like the morning and so there aren't really tourists there. It's not too windy, so there's like really barely any waves. It feels like I'm in Moana, like the water is crystal clear. I'm in my favorite bathing suit and like the sun is out. Maybe I have like a matcha or maybe I'm going to get an acai bowl and that's just like bliss. So specific. I love it. <laughs> okay. What would be your last meal on earth? Ooh. So probably like a breakfast of sorts. I love breakfast food. So either a really good acai bowl or French toast. Yum. Okay. Where can the people find you on Instagram, work with you, all of the things? Yes. Yes. Well, first of all, this was so fun. Thank you for I having know. me. Thank you for and coming And I can't on. wait to meet up in person. Yes. Um, so Instagram, Sloan Elizabeth, TikTok, Sloan.Elizabeth. And then on my Instagram, and I can also give you the link, I have, you know, like a free masterclass to kind of get an introduction into the work that I do and kickstart your food freedom journey. And then you're welcome to book a complimentary consultation, have a one-on-one chat, see if I can even help you and what that would even look like. And then we can see if you're a great fit for the Food Freedom Collective or a one-on-one container. Okay, cool. I will put all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there and I will see you guys next week. Bye.